Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we combine a love for movies and television with not a lot of actual knowledge about movies or television. I'm your host, Joseph, and I'm alone in the studio today because we are actually bringing you our live episode from our local comic convention, Pensacon. The topic for our live episode was Fix a Star Wars Movie, where we each took a film from the prequel, original, sequel, and spin-off series and proposed specific concrete kind of tweaks to, uh, to each film. Uh, not really like changing anything major about the plot, but kind of what's, uh, just the things that are kind of already there. Um, and at the end of it, we opened it up for audience questions, and honestly, we got some, some fantastic audience suggestions that might have been better than ours. Uh, so that's what we got for you this week. Uh, with that said, here you go. So do people like Star Wars? You guys yeah. a fan? No? No? Who likes talking <laughs> about Star Wars? Who, uh, yeah, most people who don't even like Star Wars like talking about Star Wars, yeah. at least. <laughs> I yeah. think people who don't like Star Wars like talking about it the best. Certainly, that's the thing people find probably enjoy the most talking about is the stuff they dislike. Definitely about the most it. vocal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can oh, move yeah. that. You can move it closer yeah. to you. There, good. You go. there you go. I think Eden just likes to lurch over. He's a lercher. I don't, I don't mind a lurch. We call him lurch. That's what we call him. The Adam Smith. Are, are we? That's, are we going now? Is this, is no, this, we got like we got another like minute. minute. Oh. I don't think it's real official. I yeah, want the door closed. This isn't uh, <laughs> the VIP treatment already. Yeah. There's. I mean, honestly, before we even get started, thank you all for coming because there's like three times the amount of. I mean, when I say three times, I mean all of you who are in here. I did not expect any of you. So I, I didn't. Thank either. you. I My girlfriend it. is here, and I didn't even expect her. I didn't yeah. either. <laughs> My wife is not here. <laughs> ah. For who you guys are here and don't know, maybe you just saw Star Wars. We're Real Phonies, a podcast that comes out once a week. Twice a week. Twice a week, yeah. Mondays and usually Thursdays. And we talk about movies, comic books, TV shows, just like different topic every week. You know, uh, review movies sometimes. We do a lot of different things. We you know, um, the, the last guys who were up here all had like credentials and stuff like that, and we don't. Well, the name we're, of the podcast is Real Phonies. It's kind of our brand is we, to not have credentials. We if were we just, really succeeded, we wouldn't be able to do this anymore. We yeah. all had a job together in a movie theater one point, and we didn't know how to maintain adult friendships without coming up with some sort of structure. Yeah. Hey, so here you go. It's 5.15. You guys right. ready? Yep. Let's so before we begin, I just want to say we are actually recording this to release this week as our weekly podcast. Uh, so we are using all of you. Um, any like comments, questions, remarks, we want to hear them. But if we could just wait until like we have it kind of open up because uh, we're going to set a mic out here so you can speak into because we want to hear your voice and we want the people who listen to the podcast to hear your voice. So. Babies too. Babies too. Uh, so just hold off a little bit. There will be like an open question time, and we we want to hear your point. We want definitely to tell you to tell us how wrong we are about everything because we certainly are. Uh, we'll be doing enough of that fair. to ourselves, also. That's true. Uh, as Ian said, we're real phonies. My name's Christian. I'm the host. There's. I'm Joseph. Yep. I am also a host. Jay Hugh. That's a bit. You That's gotta a listen bit. to the show. Yeah. It really works. In this <laughs> yeah, it works in front of people really yeah. well. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why did this moron just scream at me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Ian. Yeah, I'm half a host. Yeah. Not half a host. <laughs> <laughs> Ian does our weekly news episodes. Um, so today what we're doing is we're going to be discussing Star Wars. And uh, we all love Star Wars. We all pretty much love all the Star Wars. But I think we can all admit there's some things that don't really work out. Like, why in the world does Obi-Wan Kenobi not know who R2-D2 is? <laughs> How in the world did Leia see her mother when she was a baby? 
Uh, these things are easily fixable. And so we're going to each break down a film, one from each trilogy, and then Ian gets the spinoffs and uh, discuss what we think could be done a little bit better, what things make things more cohesive, and what makes a better film. Uh, Jehu, I think you're going first. I am going first. So I am uh, doing from the, uh, from, the, uh, from the sequel trilogy, the one that just happened, and before anybody decides they're my friend or my enemy, the movie that I'm doing, I totally like. I think uh, I think Last Jedi is a good movie. Uh, we actually have a grading system on our podcast, better or worse than Transformers. Basically, the premise is that Transformers is the most mediocre movie of all time. It's it's the baseline for an entertaining movie. Like yeah. it's not any better than entertaining, but it's it is still 50, at least entertaining. The fifty percent on the scale. So Correct. anything above it is good movie. Anything below it is bad movie. So Last Jedi is better than Transformers. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's something that, you know, everybody seems to have their complaints about it. Even somebody who loves that movie uh, just kind of always, but, you know, there was that one thing, you know. So I, I, my personal thing with this movie is it feels like they went through a lot of drafts in the script. And maybe at some point... There wasn't even maybe an Admiral Holdo character. Maybe at some point they were like, well, we just can't have, you know, Leia look like an asshole fighting with, uh, what's his name? I can't even Poe. Poe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a whole movie. So we'll just, we'll just put her in a coma for half the movie and we'll have another Leia show up. Uh, so that's kind of my where I come from with this. I don't really have a problem with a lot of the thematic stuff. So I don't care that they said that, uh, you know, I don't care that uh, Princess Leia floated through space like Mary Poppins. If that's your problem with this movie, I don't. I don't know what you like about these movies. <laughs> like you know, a lot of they 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 build a giant starship that blows up planets in the very first one. These are not steeped in realism. <laughs> um, so uh, so my big thing with the sequel trilogies in general is it bugs me that two of the three main characters don't really meet at all till the third movie. So my beginning of what I would do different about uh, about Last Jedi is I would send Poe Dameron after uh, why can't I think of anyone's names? All Ray, Ray, that's right, Ray Palpatine. <laughs> there was there was like three girls dressed as like Ray and Leia in the back who were so pissed every time uh, every time those last guys said something uh, negative about uh, the about the sequel trilogy and I wish they would have stayed I wanted them I wanted <laughs> I didn't, back up I don't I feel like they well I feel like they didn't feel comfortable piling on those guys and they could have totally piled on me that fine uh, but um, anyways. Um, you know, I think if, you know, you come up with some sort of thing like there's a bounty hunter who can track Grey or something and Poe has to follow her, it gives those two characters a reason to interact, which, again, they don't for the first two movies entirely. And it gets to fixing the part that really everyone dislikes about these is that they're really long and all that shit in the middle with Canto Bites and the Leia and Poe, you know, like sort of conflict just feels really long. So you can just, and it's like a sort of choose your own adventure. You can eliminate either side with that. If you take Poe out of that and have him on, uh, you know, Jedi planet with Luke and Rey, then you don't have to do those two storylines. You can just pick one. I think most people would probably pick the, you know, conflict with Leia. Like you could say, do that with Finn instead. I would personally pick go to Canto Bite and maybe flesh that out more because one of the things with the sequels I don't really like is it's just, you know, 
forest desert ice forest desert ice there's there's not a lot of civilization in the uh it's definitely the thing that feels the most prequely yeah probably the entire sequel trilogy. Right. i liked actually seeing a place with like buildings yeah. and people at it and stuff um so and i feel like at that point you could probably cut a half an hour off that movie because you're getting rid of completely one of the things and you get two of the people to interact who never did. That's true. And especially since, you know, the first one is a lot about setting up uh, Finn and Ray right. and their relationship. Then you're separating Finn from Ray and then you get Ray and Poe. And then in the third one, you could have Finn, Ray, and Poe. Right. That's kind of what you usually do in the second yeah. one. You pair people off with different people. So you get, and instead they just said, oh, well now uh, Ray, who's, just met all these people is going off by herself um so you know uh i know the way the last one ended you know that's it set it up for that but i mean there's god knows uh ryan johnson found a way around most of the other things that happened in the in the one before it so why couldn't he have found a way around that yeah no i mean i think that's a great decision because i think a lot of the problems you have with the sequel trilogy uh, a lot of problems people have, and this is on both sides, whether you're pro Rise of Skywalker, pro Last Jedi, Force Awakens is the most original thing you've ever seen. That would be amazing. But you, a lot of those problems stem from Poe Dameron. Like, a lot of uh, issues in the sequel trilogy are, are, are Poe's plot points. Right. He's just too handsome and charming. Yeah, you couldn't just kill him. I mean, have you seen Oscar Isaacs? Yeah. Uh, but, man, no one knows what to do with no, him. No, well, because he wasn't supposed to have anything to do. I, yeah. I, I kind of noticed that. I think, does he have a little bit of a lazy eye? I haven't noticed for that since I have a very much of a lazy eye. <laughs> so I always, when I see him, it's like, oh, I think that guy's got a little bit of a lazy eye. Knuckle bump. I'm too attracted <laughs> yeah, to his hair. Yeah. He does have great hair. Yeah. Does, it, does it give you hopes for Hollywood, Hart? Uh, and, uh, man, those hopes went a long time mm. ago. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I've heard one people suggest Benicio Del Toro may be swapping out for Billy D. Williams and kind of revamping that character. Definitely something like that. The Billy D. Williams, I just, I mean, the Benicio Del Toro, or at least have him do something. Again, yeah, just just add a little bit more depth to that again, character so that it, it means something. Like it, yeah. it means something when he betrays them at the, you know, like twenty minutes later. And yeah. if you give Canto Bite a little more room to breathe, where it isn't intercut with that other storyline, you can maybe actually have him do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, Ian, I think you're next. Yeah, so I'm doing, the, we, you know, we broke it up. I'm doing the spinoff stories, and you know, I decided to do Solo, which, you know, I think most people think is kind of generic. And do, See, I love Solo, so we are, might wrestle. Yeah, I think the rest kinda, of the podcast is pro-Solo. Yeah. <laughs> some people may love it, you know, and, and that's fine, too. Um, but, yeah, I kind of took it more of a practical effect and, and made some bullet points. Like, I think the first thing is behind the scenes. Solo famously had two directors. So it was Phil Lord and Chris Miller who had cut their teeth on uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and they did 21-22 Jump Street, and they had a very funny vibe, and they get pulled midway through the movie for the most vanilla director, I think, alive, Ron Howard. Hang on a second. Ron Howard <laughs> makes above average, but <laughs> All of his movies are better movies. than Transformers. <laughs> Correct. All his um, movies are better than Transformers, but none of them should I be I love the Cocoon. Yeah. And then my old people start getting frisky, I dig it. <laughs> I mean, Willow's great, too, but I mean, I just think that that movie suffers from the same with Justice League, whether you hate or that, like, like that movie. It's, it's two movies kind of Frankenstein together. And I think that's one of the, you know, the biggest problems. And then moving out of that, I think it came out in May, tw- May 2018, five months after Last Jedi. Like Whether you love or hate Last Jedi, the shadow of that movie reflected on Solo. So I think if you back Solo up to Christmas and just do one every year, and you know, Solo had a, we had a little more chance to digest Last Jedi because whether you like it or hate it, it's divisive for sure. 
So I think it would have done better if, if it had more time to breathe. Also, it's weird to me that they have Solo come out in May, three weeks after Avengers Infinity War comes out. Like, you're competing nope. against yourself at that yeah. point. There was no promotion because they put all their eggs into Avengers. That Solo was looked at as like an afterthought. And, you know, once it's a spinoff already, it's like people... I mean, I looked it up. It made $392 million worldwide. Like a Star Wars movie made less than $500 million. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, you know, the next thing moving on is like... I really think um, too many Easter egg callbacks. Like, the thing prequels do will explain things we don't really need explaining. You know, like, we don't need to know the blaster or how his last name came to be. <laughs> like, you could cut that out, which would, and it would, we would lose nothing. I mean, and, I definitely feel like that's part of the, the prequels thing in general, to have some of that, yeah. but that's, like, a major part of, yeah. like, it's, they just keep hammering them at you the whole movie. Especially the first 30 minutes of oh, Solo. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, um... And, and then that's kind of spins to cut that because the movie's two hours and fifteen. I looked up New Hope. New hours two two hours and five minutes. Like cut ten minutes because that movie feels long, especially in the third act. It's a little bloated. So I think you know movies just seem to get longer and longer. You I'm, know? I'm a big fan of shorter movies. Yeah, like um, ninety minutes is my jam. <laughs> ninety minutes that? used to be the thing, man. Get them in, get them out, sell them some popcorn. Yeah, it just seems like it's it's just especially with like I mean you're. You're, you're kind of made this. There's not a lot of depth here. You know, you're building upon a character and you're giving him stuff to kind of just for us, the super, you know, into it kind of people. So I think a little shorter would have been fine. And then the word coaxium. This is the, the, the episode one treaty, you know, problem. In episode one, they use the word treaty way too much. It's like every fifth word. Because you know how exciting <laughs> treaties are. Same thing with coaxium and solo. The word coaxium is used far too much. Like I wish cut, you would have counted it. <laughs> yeah. It like could cut, be a drinking game. <laughs> cut half of those words out, and I would feel a lot better about like just the writing on it. Um, the, and you know, one of the other things I thought is Woody Harrelson, Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich. Close enough. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And He's not here. It's his fault for having a dumb <laughs> yeah. last name. And Amelia Clark. Like, I think they're fine. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't get rid of them, but I think the best relationship, the best character is, is Lando and L3. So I would cut like 10% of the dialogue from those people and just build up Lando and L3 because I, I think L3 is the best droid you know people there's a lot of good droids I think that Disney one thing Disney's done good with their, their new movies is droids yeah and, you know I think BB-8's great I yeah. think uh, K2SO is great but I really liked L3 I think Disney realized the droids are the only ones they can use forever yeah, so, yeah <laughs> so they so they made sure they got that right and they get the toys down for sure yeah, no, yeah. totally um and then my biggest fix, if I was going to pick one, it would be like uh, Michael K. Williams uh, was originally cast as Dryden Voss, who's uh, the gangster, the bad guy in the movie. But after the director change, and Michael K. Williams is in The Wire, if you guys ever watched The Wire. He's, he's Omar. Wire, and he's great. Um, he couldn't do the reschedule when Ron Howard got on. And he was supposed to be like a CGI, half-mountain, kind of half-human alien. And it switched to Paul Bettany with some scars that they never explain. <laughs> and Paul Bettany's out of, his, out of his depth. Like, I love Paul Bettany as the vision. You know, he, he's not a bad actor, but he's not cut out to be a gang, a head of an, like, an international gang, or intergalactic gangster yeah. organization. Um, I, have, I have never been able to dissociate Paul Bettany from A Knight's Tale. Yeah. That's yeah. the only <laughs> one I think of him from. Chaucer, Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like him as a vision, you know. I think he's great, but yeah, I just that's the one person that stands out to me that like it just it doesn't work. Like he's not menacing, and he's supposed to be. And then you know, for someone who's I'm not a big Clone Wars guy, but I know these guys are, and this is a suggestion I think Christian came up with on the podcast that I'm using. Uh, Enforce, You're Enforce welcome. Nest, 
the enigmatic masked character yeah. that, that shows up on, I don't even know what the name of that planet is, but yeah. Yeah, so the, the one that the, the Marauder, head of the Cloud Riders, um, she, you know, swap her out for Ahsoka Tana. So make Ahsoka Enfys Ness's role. And make it kind of the rebellion that, you know, they're trying to get this too. And, you know, maybe Beckett and Solo don't know that's what they're going against. You know, there could be some misinformation. But you get Ahsoka in there, and it would everyone who likes the Clone Wars would so be on board with that. And the positivity would probably, it would sell a lot more, I think, with the audience. I also feel like that would be, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually. But I feel like the, Disney still hasn't committed to, like, connecting their, their TV comic, uh, you know, uh, animated lore to their main films. Like, that would have been the big push. And it's, it's the logical push. I can't imagine that they're not going to put Ahsoka in something, but I feel like that just, it's, it so makes sense. I mean, context. particularly since it seemed like that unmasking was going to be something. It was something it was yeah, somebody that you It know. was just yeah. a lady. Yeah. Um, just I have one lady. thing I would do to fix this movie. I love this movie. The only thing I would do is, has anybody seen the se- deleted scenes where Han and Chewie have a so- snowball fight? No. There's a deleted There's scene where Han and Chewie have a snowball fight. Just add, add that back to the movie. If that was the whole movie, I'd just watch that. I mean, that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. Okay, with some wholesome images. Yeah, uh, sure. Ian, of all your ideas, I really thought the Ahsoka one was the best one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I got one more. The Darth Maul cameo. Just have him like you know change it a little bit so that Dryden Voss doesn't die, and at the very end, he's kind of you know foiled, but he's around. And have Darth Maul come on with the spider, you know, the metal legs, and just ice him. Yeah. You know, in real, like, as the real person, just show that. And yeah. I, I mean, that, that definitely comes off as more menacing than just a random, <laughs> like, hologram image. Because yeah. he has that big laser sword. Because a lot of people don't <laughs> even know that, if they don't watch the cartoons, you, you think he died in episode one. So I think it would give more context and kind of tie it in more to the, the animated series, Clone Wars. For sure. So. Good job, I man. think I just made Solo a good movie. If you guys agree... <laughs> You can just clap your hands. Hey. <laughs> I thought Soul was already better than Transformers, but I think you made it even better. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I'm next, and like Jehu, I picked a controversial one. I'm going episode one, The Phantom Menace. And I want to preface, I love The Phantom Menace. It's probably my favorite prequel movie. I know that's weird, and a lot of people won't say it, but I will. Um, I think The Phantom Menace is a perfect film for this topic because there's when it's great, it's really great. The pod racing is an excellent extension and world building thing that works really well on on screen. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, a 14-year-old queen and a 10-year-old slave boy make a whole lot of sense, and there's a ton of chemistry there, but it's okay. It can be improved upon. Um, So a couple of changes that I would make with this film, and they they seem controversial. My first one is, I think Gwygon Jin should die on Tatooine. I think that gives... Uh, one, it really establishes Darth Maul as an intimidating and menacing villain uh, that also allows for Obi-Wan to deal with the death of his master on screen. Uh, and when he gives in to the dark side, you can, I, I think you definitely can see it already with the Duel of Fates fight on Naboo, but I think we could really lean into that with now having an hour of film of this guy focusing on the death of his master and now he gets the opportunity to face him. Um, while I love that fight scene, I think it could add some emotional, a choice like that would add some emotional weight to it. Uh, the second thing that I, and, and I should, should say, a lot of I think the problem with Phantom Menace is kind of what we talked about with Solo, that um, it tries to explain too much. I don't need to know where C-3PO comes from. <laughs> That's not something I've ever asked. And uh, I would not have Anakin Skywalker be the one to build C-3PO. Um, there's this like little plot point in there that this kid is like Peter Parker in space. 
and it never comes back again. Uh, it's sure he never builds another thing after. No. no, he's really good at it, and he's like, I'm I'm done with it now. I'm a I'm a space wizard. He builds a solid mullet. That's true. Uh, Jay, he would argue that's he would not argue a mullet. It's not a mullet. I, I, a whole, I, I have whole strong opinions about what is or isn't a mullet, and I'm not going to hijack the whole thing. That's our sub-podcast. <laughs> uh, but I think, I, I will say in defense of that choice, cl- it's something Clone Wars does build off and a trait that he, he gives Ahsoka as well. Um, I think, in, again, we brought this up with Solo. Disney's done a really good job of showing that we don't need droids that are R2-D2 and C-3PO. They don't have to be the same ones we've seen this whole time. Uh, I know it feels like connective tissue, but robots are connective tissue. The fact these things exist in a world that we don't live in is enough, I believe, as us, us as audience members would accept. So if Anakin wants to build a droid to help his mother, great. And it I just mean, doesn't need to be the most annoying droid in the entire universe. Yeah, and if, if we've learned anything from the more recent Star Wars movies, new droids are marketable. For sure. They're interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Making a new droid in episode yeah. one. Just yeah. I would say you could bring C- C-3PO and R2-D2 in it, but like, you know, if we're going to have to have Bail Organa, why can't they just be Bail Organa's droids? Is right. Th- that's probably enough. Uh, and let's talk about the elephant in the room, Misa Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I'm pro Jar Jar Binks, but there's about five minutes too much of him. If we could exclusively take out the bit where his tongue goes numb in the middle of the pod racer, <laughs> right. we're probably all way more on board on that, dude. Yep. Um, I am happy Jar Jar uh, exists. Like you know, I've had a lot of fun doing Jar Jar speak, but there could be, e- I, there could be like fifteen less minutes of Jar Jar in that movie. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm glad we've kind of come around on it. Right. Um, but. Yeah, definitely there were some uh, mistakes in execution right, right. Uh, to begin with. But I, I really feel like that movie, it separates itself from the other two in that it seems more lighthearted. And that was probably the right decision, but it kind of feels disjointed. Like Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith feel very much like a one-two. And Phantom Menace is kind of separate. There's a 10-year time jump. The plot's really happy. Everyone ends like, oh, we won. It's great. Yes, we, the audience member, know that Palpatine is now the Supreme Chancellor, but nobody else does. Uh, I feel like if we, if we give it a little bit more emotional stakes and make it maybe a little bit darker, um, I also think with Gwygon being dead, Obi-Wan choosing to train Anakin in spite of the Jedi, makes more sense than Gwygon being like, don't worry, kid, we just won't tell anyone. Well, it also is a lot, It you know, you know, stakes is a word I hate, but yeah. it, it has more stakes if it's a character you love that made the choice to screw everything up. Yeah, you know? for sure. That's really all I got. I mean, those are good choices. I will say, I mean, you touched on it, but I, I, I agree with, like, narratively, all of the choices with Qui-Gon dying, how yeah. that improves it. But the the ridiculous force field room that makes no sense scene is like the best scene in the movie. My, my favorite thing about Star Wars as a universe is just the technology that has no practical application. Yeah, sure. What are, what are those force fields for? Why They're for are there nothing. Ten of them. Yeah. Episode one did give us pod racing, which I think is fucking dope and a great video game. So I'm pro. I was wondering if we can cuss on this, and I guess you just decided that. So. <laughs> We're not, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it me? Yeah, it's you. Go. Fantastic. You're the only one. By the way, I just want to say I want to air a protest that your shirt is a different color than everyone. Uh-huh. It he's was a, an accident. It looks. It looks <laughs> it like was, it was an leader. accident. And I want to be clear: Joseph does not lead me. I don't. I don't have very many leadership qualities. Jones I, is the closest one to being a leader here. He should get the different color shirt. Agreed. You can't have it. 
Yeah. All right. This is a different <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> uh, so I'm doing the original trilogy, and uh, I, you know I actually haven't watched any of the original trilogy in quite a long time. Um, I was hoping you were going to say I've never watched. I've never watched this them at all. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, and so I was kind of going off of memory and kind of collective conscience that Return of the Jedi is the weakest entry in the three. And so, I, I'm just going to go and say I'm going to have a hard time letting you say anything. Because Return of the Jedi is not only do I like it, it's my favorite Star Wars yeah, movie. Yeah, but I feel like in general you're the minority here. Yeah. No, in the general I'm right. Okay. <laughs> Um, Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's funny because I, I I just remember like the Jabba's palace, the the Endor, and then the throne room scene, which honestly is most of the movie. Right. Um, but going back to it and rewatching it, there's not a lot of things that I think really need to be improved on. I know that's not surprising because it's kind of a legendary film. But I, I even the things that I think people think are weaker are are not necessarily weaknesses of the movie. Uh, like I love everything in the Jabba's palace scene. I remember as a kid, I didn't like the fact that. Uh, like Luke comes in is like I'm a big Jedi master now you're gonna you're gonna do what I say and then you know everything goes wrong but then it turns out everything went right because it's all part of a very elaborate plan that makes no sense but as a kid I was like oh he's a Jedi master he shouldn't be like made a fool like this getting dropped down in a pit the main thing I remember about Jabba's palace as a kid is as a kid I had a super weak stomach it was so yeah, easy. it's so it's slimy it, everything in so there is slimy it's very I mean, it's it's effective. When yeah. he ate the frog, I I'll, the frog, <laughs> I almost lost it because like anything could make me throw up, yeah. and I was like, but I was like, man, I'm not gonna throw up in the middle of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in retrospect, I kind of like that because it's kind of him coming back. He's he's done his own uh, self-searching kind of journey to become a Jedi, and he feels like he's there, but he's never actually field tested it. So he's coming in with a lot of confidence of a young man who thinks he's learned a new skill doing a thing. And so I kind of like the fact that he looks like an idiot when he really presents himself as like, I'm a Jedi master now. Um, so really, the, the the biggest problem for me, one of the, I feel like, the most jarring bits in the movie, besides the fact that Luke makes very convenient timing to Dagobah, and the, literally the last second of, of Yoda's 900-year life, <laughs> uh, but uh, is is once they're on Endor, you know, we've already established that that... Luke and Darth Vader can like sense each other. There's a connection there. They're both tuned into the Force, tuned into each other. But for me, the part between when they're doing like the celebration scene with the Ewoks to the part where Luke like allows himself to be captured to meet Darth Vader right. is one of the weirdest transitions in all of Star Wars. Right. Um, and I think there are like I just from a, a simple cuts thing, there's a really easy way because to fix it. Because um, the other thing that I think there should be uh, more of is immediately once Luke sees Vader again, he starts calling him father. And I'm like, all right, buddy. Like, <laughs> not that much has changed here. You know, At you're... best, he's a dad. Yeah, maybe. You know? um, and so I feel like just cutting... So there, there's a, a scene where uh, Darth Vader tells the Emperor that he's going to go down to, to Endor to see Luke. There's a different scene where Luke is talking to Leia. It's the worst written and acted scene in all of Star Wars, and I'm including the, the I Hate Sand speech. The, the the Luke Leia, I mean, sorry, yeah, the Luke Leia bit and then the Leia Han bit right there at, at the after the Ewok party is atrocious. It's our first indication of what was coming. Absolutely it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Um, and then there's a scene of um, Darth Vader landing and Luke coming in. What I think should have happened to kind of uh, establish like a parallel between the two characters and how like their similarity and a connection is have a kind of intercut of like, 
a, a Vader like walking into his ship and like have a, a Luke outside, like you know, inside of his uh, little hut at the Ewok thing, and then like walking back out into the party, uh, and then like the 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 Darth Vader ship flying down, and then cut to Vader. I mean, sorry, cut to Luke, you know, doing his Ewok thing, kind of having conflicted feelings but being happy, and right. then Vader lands, and then Luke immediately senses something's changed, that like something's on this right. planet now. Um, and I and then like have that lead to the conversation and then lead to the capture. I just feel like there's there's a more direct correlation, like there's a a, a uh, an action reaction cause effect kind of thing, and it adds that extra parallel between the two characters. Well, you see, it's kind of that would add, I think, focus onto the family aspect of the whole thing, the relationship that he has with Luke and with Leia, though we may not entirely realize it at that point, and then the relationship Luke and Leia have and right. the incoming presence of their father. Right. See, I've always just in my head imagined that before Luke turned himself in, he whooped butt on about 30 stormtroopers. And then it's like, here's my, here's my thing. Take me <laughs> to my dad. But that's just in that, my head. That's, that's, 12 year old, yeah, uh, yeah. that's 12 year old hurt. Um, the only other thing that, that bothered me that I haven't really figured out the, the official fix for is, the, you know, I, I think this is a common complaint within the podcast is the Leia sister thing is nonsense. I understand it's an established part of the lore. People love Leia as a, as a force user, as a Jedi. It's mostly just so that Han and, and Leia can get together and there's no like extra drama there. That's really why it happened. It's not set up. It's kind of nonsensical. Um, and so to, to establish her as Luke's sister, to establish her as one of the Skywalkers, I feel like she should have a, like, a more Force-sensitive moment that affects the plot mm-hmm. after that moment, uh, which I first wanted to be, like, in my head, I wanted it to be when, when Luke is fighting Vader on the Death Star, when he's, like, giving into his hatred, like, she can sense that and, like, kind of tries to, to you know, also, like, connect to him and, and bring him back. But I don't like that because I realize that a lot of what makes that scene special is it's, it is that like father son dynamic, um, and, and that would work for Rise of Skywalker though because she comes yeah, to Ben. It's, you, it's you similar, know, you, yeah, you yeah. Establish it, you know, back um, then. But I mean, even if it was just something within the battle with the Ewoks, where she has like even like a premonition or like a, a recognition of something that's about to happen that'll be you know be bad, and she warns somebody or does something that acknowledges that she's force sensitive. And that that's actually in any way useful besides just making it cool that Han and Leia can hook up later. Uh, that's 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 really my only two major changes that I would make to this movie. So you're pro speeder bike in the forest. I love the speeder bike in the forest. I love the speeder bike in the forest. Look, the Ewok thing could be four minutes shorter, maybe seven minutes shorter, somewhere between four and seven. I think minutes Ewoks shorter. could be ten minutes long. Oh uh, well, yeah, I didn't, that's kind of what I figured you'd say. So Ewoks uh, are awesome. It's it's a little long. I, I mean, I, that's the thing. I, if I could like overhaul this movie, the only problem with the Ewoks is like it's tonally a big shift from like the big other themes that they're going for it does feel like a b-plot for a mandalorian episode but structurally it's fine there's nothing wrong with it it just kind of is a little jarring Uh, i just like cannibal teddy bears yeah (laughs) so that's uh that's my return of the jedi song those are all good i did think of one more i forgot to say about phantom menace which is padme would not have a secret identity in this it makes it's supposed to be a good twist, but it makes our two Jedi look like idiots. It launched well, three careers. Also, I think if they would have just true, <laughs> if they would have just started in the beginning and let me know that she had that's a all you idea. have to do because yeah. until they revealed it, I didn't know it was a thing that needed to be revealed. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's, oh, this, this is strange. It's really yeah. what are the three actresses that are that are the Keira uh, Knightley, Keira Knightley, Natalie Rose Portman, McGowan. and Rose McGowan. Yeah, isn't that crazy, y'all? 
They were like children, and they've all gone to have like crazy careers. Yep. I know that it might seem logical now looking back, but it's crazy that they're just like three for, for looking one the role. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for looking. The, I don't know. It's crazy to me. And Joel Edging, Joel, Edging? Joel Edgerton. Edgerton is uh, Uncle Owen. Yeah, Uncle Owen. Yeah, so. a lot of. A lot of B cast getting, yeah. getting big breaks from. Him. I mean, George Phil Edgerton still pull. hasn't like gotten a big, big break. He's doing all right. He's in everything. <laughs> he is in everything. He's doing better than any of us. Him, him or that other guy. This is off topic. We it, should open up for questions. This is on now. brand. Uh, yeah. So I think at this point we're gonna open it up for for uh, if you guys have any other like solutions, things that you would want to change in Star Wars movies. Yeah, pitch looking, a movie and a we're, fix. We're looking specifically for kind of things that aren't like big overhauls, but things that are kind of in the movie but could just be like. Switched around, little or, tweak, or, yeah, a little tweak kind of things. But I'm going to put the microphone out on the floor. I like that we made you do Actually, it the farthest from. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, please speak into the microphone so that we can uh, get yeah, a good recording. So ever on the internet, oh, we got one. Yes. Yeah, All right, we're good. If you got a solution, if you want to tell Joseph he's an idiot, please do so. If you want to tell Joseph he shouldn't have gotten the different colored shirt, that's also cool. <laughs> it's on. Anybody here named Mike? N- no. No. Oh, that was a mic check. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta a love a good pun. The entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, did y'all uh, have a good trip? Come a long way. No, we're from here. Oh, well, I we're thought local. y'all were from the uh, cloning facility on Camino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, but really, since you uh, brought it up earlier, I just wanted to throw this out there. I've argued with uh, my friends in very heated debates about this, and I'll, uh, it's the hill that I will die on. Um, Holdo, the movie would have been better if they just uh, replaced her character altogether with Admiral Akbar. Oh, that's interesting. Beginning to end, everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. We don't have a reason to care that Holdo dies because who is she? Why do we care about her? Akbar, they off him practically off screen. It was disappointing. If he turns the ship around and in the final scene they have the Imperial commanders be like, oh, their ship is dying. Charge. And then when they realize what's happening, they scream it's a trap right before it gets blasted. <laughs> yeah. oh, Would have I love completely that. turned the movie from like a six to a nine. That's a fun suggestion. Yeah. And you know, because I know the actor who voiced him died, but I'm sure everyone in this room can do that Admiral yeah. Akbar thing. I have Admiral Akbar on the dashboard <laughs> of my car to warn me when traps are approaching, <laughs> and I do his voice every day. So, I mean, you know. I also feel like, you know, uh, nothing nothing against Admiral Akbar. He's clearly an admiral. He's done something right. But at least within Star Wars lore, he is kind of a joke, you know? Like, yeah. he, he's not really seen as, as an authority figure, even though he is kind of like one of the main mm-hmm. commanders in Return of the Jedi. But having him have, a, like, a dramatic confrontation with, uh, with Poe in the same way that, that Holdo would, I feel like, would really change the perception of his character and be like, oh, he's actually got some, some clout here. He's got some gravitas and, like, a reason for being an admiral. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like that idea a lot because one of my big complaints with Last Jedi is I, I don't like the, how they handle Akbar in that film. Not that I think he's super deserving of a ton of respect, but he, d- he has mine. Yeah. And uh, then it also hurts Rise of Skywalker for me because making that one random Mon Calamari his son just feels like, oh, we know you're disappointed, but we're really not going to try to make it better. <laughs> also, then it's the Akbar maneuver, yeah. which yeah. is better. Yeah, well, that 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 does sound cooler. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I could apply that in life. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else, come tell us we're wrong about something. Hey, long time listener, first time caller. 
Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Joseph, you're an idiot, although I do think you should have uh, greater contrast to your shirt to really uh, reinforce the fact that you're the leader. I tried, oh. to, get, I tried, to, get, I tried to get Vanta Black, but I couldn't afford it. Um, you guys didn't even talk about uh, the greatest film, Attack of the Clones. Not really. Look, oh, hey, yeah. whoa. We picked yeah, one each. I was on, each, I was on your side for literally half a second there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a strong believer in Attack of the Clones. No, my comment about that film is uh, maybe you guys made a little bit of reference to it with the um, the the double that they have for Padme. Yeah. So she, she makes like a comment in her uh, dying moments like, I'm sorry I failed you, uh, when really... She did a perfect that's job. job. That's her job. That's literally job. what she's there for. One job to do. Sorry, you're not going to yeah. get paid. Right. <laughs> like, um, I mean, really... I guess if she sticks around, she can die for her again. She, she definitely good. deserves yeah. a plaque. Bring in another one. Um, I don't know how you fix that, but I feel like a lot of the things in that movie are just, you just cut them. Yeah. Well, uh, look, <laughs> that's, that's Joseph is it. pro Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I am pro Attack of the Clones. I really think, just if, if you, I, I know this is against what we're talking about, but the... Uh, the Naboo stuff is obviously the worst bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody can agree that. I, I'm with you. Cut the, the rom-com on the Naboo. I pretty much everything else is pretty good. The Geonosis stuff is great. The Camino stuff's great. I love the Chase and Coruscant. I like Dexter Jetster. Well, we'd also cut the R2-D2 CP3O action. I yeah. even like that Maybe, kind We of. don't need yeah. that. Maybe my second favorite line in Star Wars after It's a Trap is, Hello, Dex. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he says that. He's so happy to see I, him. I, I like in your your comment on the uh, you know doing her job successfully bit. There's a great um, interview with Sam Witwer. He's talking about doing Clone Wars. And Sam Witwer's first episode is the Mortis arc, where he plays the son. And Anakin is talking to the ghost of his mother. And he, he looks at Shmi and goes, Mom, you would have loved her. And like in the recording booth, Sam Witwer is like, uh, this is a great line, but Shmi met Padme. And like it's just simple lines of dialogue right that have such like big effects. And we don't think them all the way through, even people who do it professionally. So even something simple like that, which it sounds emotional and has right. gravitas, you're like, no, you... Like they don't fact check yeah, their own that, films. That that's what she was happens. hired to do. Right. Yeah. And then my other uh, comment was about um, Solo. I just saw it pretty recently. Um, but, you know, in, in the beginning of the film, right off the bat, Han Solo, or whatever his name was beforehand, he comes off as pretentious, self-assured, like a very cool guy. But then he gets his name from the guy <laughs> that he's, like, fake enlisting with. And I... <laughs> I didn't expect that. You had 42 years to come up with that backstory, <laughs> and that's what you... Yep. Right. That, that seems like the thing if you didn't prep and you're just cramming. Oh, this is my answer. Also, <laughs> Spanish is in space, apparently, so... Oh. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so first of all, um, my thing about Star Wars is I don't care how crappy the Star Wars movie is. I'm going to sit in that theater, Amen. and I'm going to turn into a five-year-old. Pew, pew, yay, Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. Amen. But one of the things that... Um, as I got older, because the, the prequel movies were coming out when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. As I got older rewatching them, why are midichlorians a thing? Yeah. yeah. They don't need that's to be a, a thing. That's another thing. I <laughs> thought, because when, when you're watching the original trilogy, the Force is a religious, mm -hmm. like, metaphysical... Like, like a state of mind. Power. It's magic. It's, it's this, this life energy that surrounds us, and some people can harness it because they're special. I don't need you to have a special mitochondria in your... Like, <laughs> right. We don't need the powerhouse of the force. Right. I don't need new biology. No one needed that explained. You could have said that like 
it would make sense to me that force users can recognize the strength of other force users, like measuring the strength of a magnet. It's yeah. just right. stronger. He can I just sense he has the spo- yeah. most space magic. I don't need to be measuring the magic bacteria in your cells. It's, yeah. it's unnecessary. Yeah. I th- and it kind of removes a little bit of the magic yeah. from it. Yeah. It's, it, it's a very strange choice for... I mean, uh, I guess... I guess the original trilogy is kind of about bloodlines, but like it, it agree, like it, it it does turn it into like a very like physical like uh, epigenetics type of of Harry Potter situation. doesn't have magic cells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. Very strange. Yeah, it's a good yeah. description. But also that that something that in general is an issue. If you if you take any story that anyone writes and forces the writer to remove ten percent of it, they remove all the self indulgent nonsense mm-hmm. that gets right. in the way of the story. I think that's what most of y'all are saying. Just like. Shrink it down by like yep, yep. five minutes, right. and you have right. so much of a better. One point. more yeah. draft. Yeah, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe pull that out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Thank you. I appreciate. Thank you. That. Yeah. You got a good line going here. Yeah. Okay, I'm really short. So I'm yeah. sorry. We can't. That that stand doesn't work properly. You can take so. it off. I don't do whatever. That's cool. I can just. Okay. All right. I just wanted to say something real quick about the Mary Poppins thing. <laughs> Yeah, I know everybody was mad about that, and I'm sure most of the reason is because, like y'all were saying, the the, the original trilogy yeah. didn't show much of Leia using the Force, you know? Right. But it's just silly because, you know, if you watch Rebels, like the some of the animated series, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't watch it, but if you watch Rebels, Kanan actually does the same yep. thing in one of right. the episodes. And so it's just silly that people got angry about it because it's like Leia, you know, she was... She's the daughter of a man with the most. Yeah, yeah. She's got Skywalker blood. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. So it makes sense that she could use the force in a way like that. But yeah, I'm not sure when it was established on, on an episode. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna reuse something that they used in the podcast prior to this, which is after that movie came out on Twitter, Ryan Johnson like just tweeted a picture of like uh, the book of the wills or something like that, and it has that force power like in the book. And he's like, this isn't something I made up. Like, yeah. and, and so you're right. There is like pre-established things. I think a lot of, um, again, in Rise of Skywalker, where he's like, they fly now. And you're like, yeah, but, I mean, I've watched four seasons of Rebels and people, they fly all the time. Right. So right. like, right. yeah. Also, it looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. What's up? Uh, what's going on? Um, I just wanted to talk about um, The Last Jedi and... Um, Along with the uh, Kanto Bite uh, side quest <laughs> subplot, I think uh, post mutiny was entirely unnecessary yeah, and could be cut from the movie. Yeah. Because all Holdo had to do was tell Poe what was going on. Yep. Just one conversation would yeah, fix that entire thing. And the whole mutiny. W- it's funny because J.J. Wright Abrams didn't do that one, but it had a yeah. very J.J. Abrams <laughs> thing, which was if people would just talk to each other. You could solve all the problems in from like from five the minutes. podcast that we steal all of our ideas from. Uh, that movie, that all oh, that whole plot problem can be solved with a post-it note. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think on that note, he is the one that introduced this idea to me. Is that one of the big issues there is that Ryan doesn't understand that Poe is like the Leia character. He's right. all in on the rebellion. Right. Why in the world would he like be questioning people? Right. right. Like if that was Finn doing that. That makes a whole lot of sense. Exactly. I, I, I was trying to say that yeah. in the thing. If you switch their roles even, if it's Finn doing that, it makes more sense for there to be a Even if Poe is the one that goes to Canto Bite. Right. Like, all of that makes way more right. sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I actually had one more thing. Uh, has everyone here seen The Rise of Skywalker? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. yeah. We spoiled it a lot. Definitely yeah. the last guy spoiled it a lot, too, so I think <laughs> you're good. 
All right, so I had a problem with uh, Ray taking the name Skywalker at the end. Um, what do you think it should have been? <laughs> I think she should have kept the name Palpatine. Oh. I think if she had kept the name Palpatine, it would have like, uh, you know, kind of like a moment where like, you know, I know my grandfather was like evil or stuff, but that doesn't mean all Palpatines. Mm-hmm. She's like atoning the Palpatine. Name. And you're yeah, making not your own Palpatine choices. Names. It's not your name; yeah. it's your choice. Yeah. Also, yeah. honors her parents. I would have liked that mm-hmm. if she yeah. believes her parents really did make a sacrifice for her. Right. Why would she not want to honor them yeah. with? Yeah, them? exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like it. That's it. Yep. Thanks yeah. for Thank your question. All right, we got to do. Fa- we got to be fast. We gotta go guys. We're bad at quick. This. We only got like three yeah. minutes. Three minutes. Oh, okay, three three minutes. Okay. Um. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um. Okay. So. I wanted to throw something out there. I loved Force Awakens. I went to go see it like four times. Right on. But then Last Jedi, I had to like look at it, look at it. And then I started appreciating the movie and mm-hmm. what Ryan Johnson did. And then my problem is I think the weakest movie in the trilogy, in the sequel trilogy, is Rise of Skywalker. Because like Ray being a Palpatine, I don't have a problem with, but there was no buildup before yeah. that, in my opinion. No, no, no yeah, definitely not. Yeah, at all. there is no buildup, and that's what really upset me from a story standpoint because I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, my one fix, if she did like Force Lightning in the Force Awakens for like a split second, right? That would have like through like, yeah. whoa, is she a Palpatine or something? Is right. that's why? Because when I was sitting there, I'm like. Why is she so strong? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? No, I mean that's that's a very easy fix. To, oh to, yeah, to, to thread the needle all the way to the. Oh yeah. Also, yeah. my favorite um, prequel movie is um, Revenge of the Sith. I yep. love that one. Yeah, lots of lightsaber fights. That's also my like favorite. the last forty five minutes. Yeah. It's just lightsabers. Um, Mustafar is the best seed. My my last um, my last comment because I know we don't have much time is Disney has all this money, but they. They choose to make bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I think a lot of what you're talking about in the, the Disney thing is Disney's just really reactionary. Force Awakens comes out, people complain it's too samey. They make Last Jedi, people complain it's too different. I love Last Jedi because of the last scene, um, Kylo Ren um, versus uh, Luke's yeah. vision. Like the when he slides, like I thought of like that his last strike. I thought that was like his long scar that he had against his master, and I thought that was really mm. smart yeah. and intelligent. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man. Well, thank you. You can take it uh, off. You can take you it off. Just take it off. Fine. That's fine. There are no rules here. Yeah. We're not very professional. Phony is in our name. <laughs> All right. Can, is it working? Yeah, you're good. It, it is working. Okay, so I have a problem about Disney. They made a different director do The Last Jedi, and it messed the whole thing up. That's why Rise of the Skywalker did not the best thing in the world. Yeah. So, you're speaking to my heart. I say that on the podcast once a week, probably. <laughs> so I feel like they if they had the same director do do the whole thing mm-hmm. the Rise of the Skywalker would have done way better. Yeah. It would have had a whole different thing. Palpatine would have not come back. Whether I you f- yeah, whether you love the trilogy or don't, I think we all agree they're disjointed. It's yeah. weird that they didn't have a plan. It's yeah, weird that yeah. they didn't say for for the for like the like, most successful franchise. Here's what's going to happen yeah. in all 3. You do your whole thing with your your own thing with your part, but you're Someone's right. got, yeah. One person totally. would have made it better. Yeah. You're right. And um, so I feel like Snoke would have been like the main villain for Rise of the Skywalker because he seemed like he was going to be like really cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in The Last Jedi, he died. So, so that yeah. kind of messes, yeah. messes it up. And But I, th- I liked both movies. I liked all movies. I thought they were really good, but 
there's some problems. Yeah, yeah for sure. absolutely. So, yeah. so just out of curiosity, so the first and the third one are directed by J.J. Abrams, and the middle one's directed by Ryan Johnson. If you wanted somebody to do all three, which one would you want? I don't know. Just all the right. same person. Yeah. I just think really at this point, one, yeah. at this person, one point would have made it better. Yes, yeah. yeah. agreed. And um, because of what happens about the different directors and stuff, the Rise of the Skywalker was kind of confusing. Like, yeah, why did Luke say he was wrong? He wasn't really wrong. He was like. He was not in the wrong or in the right. Yeah. Right. And also, it's confusing that Palpatine was like, I want Ray dead, but then like, oh, I need yeah. her. Palpatine's justifications that's, that's, in that movie are so weird. Yeah. 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 We could spend an hour yeah. talking about that. Unfortunately, I think they're kicking us out. It's been awesome, guys. We appreciate you coming. Thank you for your questions. If those of you who you know didn't get to ask something, if you want to like stand over to the side or something, we can still chat about Star Wars. That's fine, but I don't think we can sit up here much yeah. longer. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. This is fun. Thank you, you so much for coming. And that was our first ever live Real Phonies episode. Uh, thank you for everyone at Pentacon, from the administration to the volunteers to particularly the talented AV crew who helped us record this episode in the first place. Uh, we had a blast, and we really enjoyed making this episode. Uh, and thanks to everyone who came out to the show. We really enjoyed having you guys there, and, and you guys had some, some really fantastic ideas. Uh, and I, I hope we might be able to do a few more of these in the future. Uh, so join us next week as we bring you a little bit more of the Pentacon coverage. Uh, we go over the highs and the lows and uh, get to hear a little bit more from the voice of the people, something we're often accused of not being in touch with. Uh, so once again, thanks to everybody at Pensacon, and uh, thanks to everybody for, for coming and for listening to our show. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you think is a good way to, to uh, tweak or fix a Star Wars movie, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.